It's a mads, 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 mads world. All aboard the Remco hype train, une nouvelle équipe for women cycling in Britain, and remembering Marco Pantani. I'm Gary, and this is the Saturday Supplement from the Cycling Legends Podcast. Hi everybody, welcome to a, a Saturday supplement from the Cycling Legends podcast. Um, yeah, back to normal routine, as, as far as normal is around these parts. Um, yeah, apologies for the delay last week, but we got a show out on Monday, which I hope you were able to catch up with on your podcatcher. Now, there's been much happening, and I think I missed half the, the racing that had uh, been occurring over last weekend when we recorded, but one of the things... I didn't talk about on Monday night was Mads Pedersen, the Lidl Trek rider uh, and 2019 World Road Race champion, dominating the opening stages um, of the or stage races rather of the French season, uh, winning the Toile de Bessege and the Tour de la Provence um, last week. Um, what a single stage win at Bessege and second place in the final time trial was just enough to hold off RKL B&B's hotel's Kevin Vacalin by two seconds on GC with EF Education Easy Posts pairing Alberto Betiol and Ben Healy 30 seconds or so further back on the standings. Um, an impressive performance by the Dane um, and he, he went better at Provence um, winning three of the four stages up for grabs um, during the race. Um, he won the prologue in Marseille and then on two days in the bounds, pipped Kofidis Axel Zingle, a great name, or Zangle, um, I guess it'll be pronounced. Uh, two days in the bounds um, in the sprints, uh, and the final stage print went to Tim Van Asbroek of Israel Premier Tech, winning his first race in four and a half years, no less. Um, so yeah, I just wanted to get, give a shout to Mads, who's a, a perennial favourite, um, and has been ever since he won the World Championships back in 2019. Um, he's, you know, he's a classics guy, he's a single day um, racer, but he's listed for Paris Nice this season, um, yeah, in a couple of weeks, and I'm wondering could he potentially be a dark horse? Then again, I'm the guy that tipped uh, Van Aert for Tour de France glory. Um, it may yet happen, uh, but I tipped him a couple of seasons ago and was laughed at. And actually, it was looking good um, until he finally cracked with about three stages to go, and the the heavies came in. Um, and did their stuff. So, nice one, Mads. Um, continuing racing what I haven't spoken about. Um, last weekend, the Belgian press uh, and the pseudo Quickstep social media team seemed to be losing their collective shizzle as uh, a Remco Evnepoel um, attacked over the top of the second of three ascents of a, a Category 1 Rua Parque Forestal with uh, about 51 kilometres remaining in last weekend's Pro category uh, Figuera Champions Classic in Portugal. Uh, Remco finished a, a, a fairly massive 1 minute 48 seconds ahead of a, um, a veritable who's who of pro cycling. And by that I mean Intermarche's Vito Brett um, and an Italian national champion Astana's um, Simone Velasco. And that's a bit cruel, isn't it? But you know, um, you, can only, you can only beat who turns up and, you know, these guys are no mugs. Um, but when you consider that uh, barely a word was spoken um, about Lota Kapeki's performance on the Jebel Hafid and an actual World Tour race last weekend, um, then you do wonder 
uh, a little bit. However, to be fair to to be fair to the boy, as they would say in Sky Sports, um, he's in good company at the the Volta Algarve, um, sharing GC with Boris Danny Martinez after Martinez beat him over the line on stage two yesterday, and stage three is happening as we speak. So yeah, Danny Martinez. Yeah, imagine you leave Team Ineos and win races. Who knew? It may be a mad's world, but as James Brown told us many, many years ago, it wouldn't be nothing, nothing, without a woman or a girl, or a Mariana Voss, who's back, returning to road racing for the first time since the World Championships in August. Uh, and okay, she won the European Gravel Championships the following week, but she's back this week at the Volta Femenina de la Comunitat Valenciana. Um, the triple world Road race champion underwent iliac artery surgery shortly after the gravel worlds um, and sat out the cross season prioritising a recovery um, this year. Um, so uh, she's actually had um, arterial surgery three times um, in her career, the first in 2020 and then last February, um, which, you know, she, she came back in good nick and won a couple of stages at the Giro last year, um, but just hasn't been right. So um, delighted to see. Um, her riding for Visma Lisa Bike this season. Um, she was second on Thursday's opening stage behind Lidl Trek's Elisa Balsamo. Um, and then today, Marlon Royster of SD Works restored the order in the space time continuum, um, where there was SD Works weren't near the top three placings yesterday. Um, and she soloed to uh, victory on stage two, which is Friday afternoon, minutes ago as I speak, um, having attacked from the bunch with 5.9 kilometres to go. Um, Voss was the best of the pack, 29 seconds back, edging out FDJ Suez's uh, Evita Music, Little Trex, Sharin Van Anroy, and Cassia Nivia Doman of Canyon Sram, to name but a few. Um, so, yeah, I, th- I think everybody's happy to see Mariana Voss back in the peloton. Speaking of women's cycling, uh, Nouvelle Cycling by Prendas is a new women's under-23 team, which you may have heard about on social media this week. Um, Founded by David Walters, a name you may have heard before if you've listened to our In the Car with St. Piran show from last year's Lincoln Grand Prix. Uh, Chris Sidwell spent a day with David um, and the team uh, throughout the the women's race. it's uh, it's a big thing, and we, we mentioned this at um, the tail end of last year. There was a, an under twenty three women's cycling website appeared, um, and it was a bit a bit mysterious and a bit hush hush. And yet, it has evolved into Nouvelle Cycling by Prendas. Um, David says on the team's website that this isn't just about delivering a UK and a European race program for under twenty three riders, but it is. It's more it's a true apprenticeship, as he calls it, for talented and aspiring under twenty three riders. They're talking about supporting the whole athlete um, at the heart of it all. Now that's talking about how you know teaching riders how to manage the lifestyle changes involved with being a pro cyclist, how to handle the media and sponsor relationships, um ment- and getting mentoring from from the senior riders on the team. Um so yeah, it's the complete package, it's just not to be you know, just go off and win bike races and um, because that doesn't always end well. Um, the team at the moment has six riders. Um, Alicia Wells, Australian, 21-year-old. Um, New Zealand's B Townsend, who's 19. Danny Can is the is will be that mentor senior rider. Um, 
British rider formerly of St Piran, women um, double junior track world champion in 2013, um, 2016 Euro Team Pursuit champion alongside the likes of Manon Lloyd, both of GCN, uh, Emily Kay and Emily Nelson, so a lot of experience there um, with Danny Can. And we've also got to have the National Under-23 Road Series champion um, Erin Avil um, on the team, and Ilkley's own Freya Whiteside, who is 18. Um, so, you know, a team that is... Uh, it's, it's going to evolve over time, but looking, you know, it's just an exciting time. They kick off 2024 with the Volta Limburg Classic in the Netherlands on the 30th of March, um, followed a fortnight later by round two of the Women's National Road Race Series here in Britain, the East Cleveland Grand Prix. Um, so go to the website, go over to uh, nouvellecycling.co.uk, um, I'll put link in the uh, in the show notes. Um but it's, you know, this is going to be exciting. This is a big thing. Um, and if you tune into this week's feed zone, um, which we're going to be putting on the uh, on the free feed, on the public feed for everyone, um, we will be speaking to one of the team's uh, one of the team's founders. But in the meantime, head over to the website newvellecycling.co.uk or look them up on X, formerly known as Twitter, or on Instagram. Wednesday was St Valentine's Day and that was a day of young pros professing their undying love for their bows and their bells in their Instagram stories. Now, one benefit of using Instagram stories is that unlike, say, making those pronouncements in an autobiography published way too early in your career, um, they they disappear and nobody remembers, um, especially when some podcaster comes looking for a cheap gag 15 years later on and you're married to somebody else. Um, And in no way related news, that was a good win for Mark Cavendish in Columbia, wasn't it? Anyway, serious point, amid the commercialised romance, Valentine's Day 2024 was also the 20th anniversary of the passing of Marco Pantani, Il Pirata. I've just been talking about supporting the whole athlete um, with you know, Nouvelle Cycling by Prendas. Um, Marco Pantani's career was essentially the opposite of this. Um, and I would urge you to read Matt Rendell's uh, truly excellent book, The Death of Marco Pantani. Spoiler alert, you know, it doesn't end well. Um, but it lets you understand the culture that prevailed in cycling and in Italy during Marco's career and of the chaos um, and the hangers-on and stuff that, that surrounded his life. Um, Marco Pantani, many of you will know, but you know, let's let's t- let's remember the rider. Um, he was the last man to do the Giro and Tour double in 1998, um, and actually, you know, injuries in the preceding year probably, arguably, uh, prevented them from doing greater things, or perhaps led him to to start doing the things that would eventually become his undoing. Um, he was famously or infamously disqualified while leading the 1999 Giro d'Italia by over five minutes um, and after winning the penultimate stage um, at, atop the, the Madonna di Campiglio. So it was, in the, it was the second second last road stage. Um, the the following morning, um, it was announced that he'd failed a UCI hematocrit test. Now, in the days before biopassports and EPO tests, um, the UCI introduced in 1997 health checks, fingers, you know, inverted commas in the air, um, a kind of rudimentary and arbitrary level that if a rider's hematocrit levels were above 50%, then they were declared unfit um, and suspended from competition for two weeks. Hematocrit was, you know, a, one of the indicators of potential um, EPO abuse um, at that time. Um, and yet you could prove it, and there are many other factors that can lead to uh, 
raised hematocrit levels, um, dehydration, and so on and so forth. Um, and yet, Pantani's um, levels on the day were, were 52, and he was suspended from a race um, that he was in the lead of with two stages to go. Um, the humiliation of that, arguably set in train the road to a hotel room in Rimini five years later where Marco died alone um, from severe cocaine poisoning. Um, and his, his tragedy once again shows that our opinions are you know, are based on personality and perception. Um, he was a hero in Italy, um, a hero amongst many, many bike racers. He was an incredible climber. Um, and, you know, his passing was mourned by many and is still felt in in, in Italy, um, in Cesenatico, where he, we, uh, he grew up. Um, and to some cycling fans, you know, he was an absolute god, a legend. Um, just as much as to others, no doubt he was just another doper in an era of widespread doping um, and little or no controls. Um, but he was a he was a man, he was an athlete, and he was a son um, and a grandson. And actually one of his closest relationships was with his grandfather who died um, not long after his expulsion from the uh, the 99 Giro. Um, he was... He was one of those riders that you couldn't take your eye off in the mountains. Um, and I say that as I've, I've said before, I kind of Johnny come lately um, to road cycling, certainly. Um, but 1998 was his year. Um, it didn't get any better than that. And, and, and it, tragically, it wouldn't. Um, he won the, the Giro taking the, the Maglia Rosa on, on stage 18 and he consolidated it the next day after a battle with Pavel Tonkov on the Plan de Monte Campione. Um, and a, a cracking stage. It was, you know, do or die for the uh, with uh, three kilometers to go. Um, and Pantani later said it was either when he attacked, either he was going to crack or Tonkov was going to crack. Um, and it was Tonkov um, who cracked with Pantani, um, winning the stage by you know the thick end of a minute. Um, and seeing that iconic, you know, crucifix style celebrating, just head up, eyes closed, arms out in the Maglia Rosa. The tour um, that year, nineteen ninety eight, was overshadowed by well, the Festina scandal, wasn't it? Um, and you could almost be for- forgiven for forgetting um, who actually, you know, did the racing and did the winning. Um, Pantani basically beat the ninety seven winner um, Jan Ulrich with an attack on the Galibier in stage fifteen, um, before then soloing to the win on Le Duz Alp crossing the line in the rain and this is the famous picture isn't it as he comes up in the in the headlights of the the uh, the commissaire's car behind him it's chucking it down he's got his bandana on he's got i think he had these glasses on top of his head head back and you know again arms out he put nine minutes into january that day um and if you haven't seen those races you know, i'll dig out some links um for the show notes but you know i wanted to to remember it because it's it was a you know, the, the 14th of February, what you know, you'd say, never mark a death and celebrate a birth, celebrate a life. I think we can celebrate a life um, and remember what we saw, um, but also be mindful of, of what was happening behind the scenes. So go read Matt Rendell's book. Go and look up Marco Pantani's wins on, on YouTube. As I said, I'll put a couple of links in. But for now, you know, we remember him. And, and grazie, Marco. 
So that's it for this week. Um, racing um, is is raging in, in, in the Spanish peninsula, the Iberian peninsula, um, Algarve, Andalusia. We've got uh, in Valenciana, the women's races. So we'll pick up a bit more once they settle down and we have results and more stuff to talk about um, next week, where it will also be uh, one week to hit Newsblad. However, other stuff's happening. Um, I think I mentioned in the last show, Chris Sidwell's um, continues his tour uh, his book tour, um, talking about Team TI Rally, uh, Cycling's first super team, his excellent second book in the, the Cycling Legends series. Um, he's going to be joined by Sid Barris um, at Chevin Cycles in Otley on the 20th of March. Uh, tickets are free and available um, via Eventbrite. Um, I will put a link to that in the in the show notes as well. But get along and see Chris. Um, tell him I sent you. 20th of March. Is that three, four weeks from now? Um... But yeah, be quick. get them while they're hot. So, this has been the Saturday Supplement from the Cycling Legends Podcast. Why not drop us a line at cyclinglegendspodcast at gmail.com or give us a follow on X, formerly, formerly known as Twitter, um, at cyclinglegends1, or you'll get me at the Gary Fairley on X, on Instagram, on threads, and, and pretty much everywhere else. If you like what you hear, why not? Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcast fix. Or if you don't already, sign up to our premium feed um, where you'll get the feed zone every two weeks. You'll get our history shows, our interviews. You will get the In the Car with St. Piran, which I mentioned earlier. It's all there. Uh, go over to cyclinglegendspodcast.com and you can sign up for £3.50 a month. So as wrapping up this week's show, I will be back on Wednesday or thereabouts with the Feed Zone, where I'll be joined by Chris and Dave Stanley over in Flint, Michigan. Um, we will be talking about, amongst other things, Nouvelle Cycling by Prendas. Um, and that is going to be on, I guess we could call it, the World Feed, because it will be up free to air for absolutely everybody. So that's the Feed Zone on Wednesday. Um, in the meantime, thank you for your company. I hope you've enjoyed this week's show. Um, I'll speak to you again next week on the Saturday the supplement from the Cycling Legends podcast. <laughs>